Claire was a strange girl, solitary and shy. She was a stranger to the place she lived and a stranger to the place she was born. And sometimes the strange came to visit Claire and dreams walked through her waking life. You know the strange too. It comes to everyone in different ways and times and flavors. It's that feeling when you're alone at twilight and the birds go suddenly silent and a wind lifts up the leaves and drops them and you listen, but you don't know what for. Or that odd sense when the light shifts a certain way and you say, oh, this feels like a dream. I feel like I'm dreaming. That's the strange. Or the Halloween feeling. You must know that one. The feeling of dead leaves and chill and early dark. When a burning orange mask, freshly cut, bars the way to a familiar door. The breath of the strange slips under your own mask as you walk down the dark street, carrying your trick-or-treat bag, pretending it's only fun and not scary at all. The strange swells and sighs beside you, almost close enough to touch. Claire passed through patches of strange often, much more than just at Halloween. She passed through them the way you swim through patches of surprising cold in a summer lake, with a shiver, but swimming on. It was her mother who had taught her that word when Claire was small, that word for it among others. The strange has been here. Do you feel it? she would say, or the other crowd is passing through, or throw a pebble in that whirlwind for the fairies. Fairies. Obviously, the world and time had ruined that word for Claire, to the point where she felt herself flush to hear it. But even at almost 15, when she no longer believed in fairies, in the strange, the other crowd, whatever, even now, when she caught sight of something extraordinary and strange, she would hear her mother's words. Ah, look, a fairy-making. It was the only name she knew for what no one seemed to notice but her. For example, one day, not long before this story begins, as Claire sat alone in the living room, a book fell from a shelf all on its own. Its pages fluttered for a moment, like a butterfly balancing on a flower. Then the book settled open. From a vase on a shelf above the book, one pink rose petal drifted down and landed on the open page. Claire bent to look. The petal had fallen on a line of poetry. Eternity is in love with the productions of time, it read. Ah, look, she said softly. Ah, look, a fairy making. The breath of the strange cooled the air around her. The night this story begins was not Halloween, but late spring. Claire was in her backyard, swinging on a rough board hung by two knotted ropes from a high cottonwood tree. Her bare feet swept up high, straining toward the silhouette of a dead limb that, for no special reason, she was trying to knock down. After a while, the pull and push of the swing lulled her. She forgot the dead branch and dropped her head back into the dark. Her hair red as a leaf, not quite curly, fell back, then fell around her face, then fell back, over and over. Her body in white shorts and t-shirt made a ghostly diagonal trail in the night, back and forth, back and forth. This would be her last time on this swing. Today had been the last day of school. Tomorrow, 
She and her father were moving to Ireland to live in a house with a tree inside it. Claire had been born in that tree-inside house 14 years, 11 months, and 10 and 11 days earlier. She had two birthdays because her head emerged just before midnight on June 20th and her feet right after midnight on June 21st. On birthdays, her mother used to make her two cakes, give her two presents, two birthday kisses, and so on. When Claire was almost six, when the family still lived in that peculiar Irish house, Claire's mother died. It was the worst thing that had ever happened or ever could happen. For a long time after, the pain was like a fire that never went out and sometimes flared up hot and raging. That was too much pain for such a small girl. So Claire smothered her blazing grief, and she did it little by little, by forgetting her mother and their life together. That flower of pain wouldn't stop blooming, and she was only little and knew no other way. She built brick walls of other thoughts, other memories between herself and her mother and their life. After a while, instead of a blazing bonfire, her grief was like the evening sun behind the trees when you ride your bicycle west. Sometimes you get a glimpse between the branches, or you hit a bump in the road and the sudden blaze of sun in your eyes hurts so much, it blinds you but mostly you're just riding quietly along in the dusk. She always wore a little silver star on a silver chain around her neck, which her mother had given her, which had been her mother's necklace when she was small, and her grandmother's before that, and back and back. But by now, by this night in the swing, she hardly remembered her mother at all.